I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I wanted to talk a bit about getting back to school um, because at this time of year, of course, questions about back to school are already starting to come into me. And no wonder, you know, we're all especially concerned this year because the last year, in fact, the last two years of school have been especially trying and difficult. And if you've got a little one who is transitioning into big school this year from preschool, then they really have had a distorted experience of school. Their school experience hasn't been typical. Now, they may not know any different, but it hasn't been typical or classic as we would know it. And maybe we're especially worried about them as they're making the transition. I would also flag to you, though, that if you have a child who's maybe going into second or third year in second level school, you know that they also have not had a full exposure to second level schooling. You know, they've been out of I mean, physically out of the building, you know, they've been in active learning, but they've been out of school longer than they've been in it. Also, things like access to hobbies and clubs and the extracurricular components of school, they've been seriously curtailed. So our children haven't had that fully enriched immersion experience. So even if they're, you know, going into second or third year and hopefully I'm trying to be optimistic here, you know, we will see a return of some semblance of what we recognize as more typical schooling experience coming it will be a new experience for many of our children by virtue of them being denied it thus far so you know the end of August to the end of September is always a busy time for families it's also a busy time for those of us like me who work in child and adolescent mental health because lots and lots of children will have a wobble and a struggle at that time period because it is a time of change and transition and you know Change and transition are always challenging, but they are especially challenging when it's transitioned through a COVID lens. There are added considerations for this one. You know, typically I would be suggesting if you're getting a, a young child ready for school, particularly that transition from, you know, play school or preschool into big school, that you would do regular drive-bys or cycle-bys or walk-bys, depending on how you're going to be getting to school from home. You would point out your child's new school excited and say there's Susie's school oh my goodness it's such a great school you're going to have so much fun there and when you get home and the whole family are together you'd say hey did you tell other parent or your sibling or whoever's at home that we saw your new school today it's going to be so great um, you might even take photos of the school and make a storyboard where you put it up there and you can show that we're going to leave home and we're going to get in the car and we're going to get to school however you're making that journey I would always recommend doing an in-person visit if possible now, at the moment, some of that is possible, but in a more staggered way that, you know, schools are not bringing entire classes of children in at once, but many of them are, you know, opening to let children come in in either small little pod groups or one at a time to have a few minutes seeing the classroom or the school environment they're going to be in. If your new school has not offered that, maybe reach out and see, is it possible to arrange it just so your child can visualize where they are going to go because it will make that state of anticipation easier to manage. Just make sure you're talking about school in a really positive way at home no matter what and involve your child in the planning. And what I mean by that is, you know, involve them in 
you know, if you're buying a lunchbox or you're buying a pencil case and all the bits. And I know a number of schools are requesting that we have two pencil cases, one that stays at home, one that stays in school just to minimize the cross contamination risks. So, you know, you would have buy all the bits and have them pair the pencils and put all the a replica, basically pencil case, get it ready for home and school. They might choose their own school bag or again, some schools may or may not be using school bags depending on what they're supplying for you. But, you know, even if it's a lunchbox that they can decorate it with stickers or whatever it is, but you make them an active part of the process and not just that uniform arrives in the post and on the first day of school you produce all of the stuff that you've lovingly you know acquired and prepared for them but they haven't been a part of so it's happening to them rather than with them as always things go a lot smoother when it's happening with them and they're an active agent in any part of the change but now because we have this added you know, pandemic or fingers crossed post pandemic consideration, there are some other things we might like to do to help prepare our children for the change ahead. You know, if the teachers in school are going to be wearing masks, you know, many of them might wear visors, some of them will have to wear masks or even both. You know, you could begin to orientate your child to looking towards the parts of the face that they can see rather than they can't. So play the feeling eyes game, put on a mask or simply cover the lower part of your face with a piece of of paper and have them look at your eyes and without you saying anything you convey feelings with your eyes you know make your eyes wide and your eyebrows go up to convey fear or you know wrinkle them up to you know convey anger furrow your brow or you know make them smiley do a little wink even do something playful like that and have them guess the feelings because what you're trying to do is reinforce bringing their attention to the part of the face they can see over the part of the face that they can't see And we know again from research and particularly brain research that, you know, that's the part of the face we look to when we are feeling anxious and dysregulated. We look to the eyes and moreover to the orbital muscle around the eye as a way of saying looking for cues of safety. Basically, is it safe? Are you a safe person? If you smile with your eyes, I'm going to pick up and soak up that emotional resonance that lets me know it's okay. I'm okay. This place is okay, And I'll begin to come down. You know, I've mentioned it before but reminding you as well because it's really topical at this time you could draw a little heart on your wrist a little heart on their wrist and rub them together you know you're topping up you're charging up your little love buttons and when they're apart from you and they miss you they can touch that heart on their wrist and feel your love symbolically you know they're especially young children making the school transition they're symbolic imaginative creative little learners so that's a great way for them to do that you could also stuff their pockets full of kisses and when they miss you they could pull out a kiss um, they could bring a little transitional object be very compliant with your school requirements on this you know they may not want children bringing in toys or objects from home but maybe they could bring something small in their pocket like a key ring that could attach to their bag or their pencil case that has a photo of you and them together and they can hold it or look at it if they're missing you you could tell them and I do this myself with my own little one you know you could say when I don't see you with my eyes I feel you in my heart because we're trying to convey to them that even when we're not together, I 
hold you in mind. You are held in my mind and you can hold me in your mind. We can feel connected because of the constancy of love, that we love each other always. And that can be helpful, but don't lecture them on the constancy of love, obviously, when they're five years old. Instead, just give them that little rhyme that I often use and find it very successful. And beyond that, over this summer period leading up to going back to school and once they're back at school, really pursue this right up to and beyond the October midterm. Play, 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 play. I mean, I'm going to tell you to play at least 15 minutes every day, but increase the level of play because play is how our children will make meaning of the experience. It's how they'll, you know, let us know and how even if they don't let us know overtly how they'll work through any little glitches or problems or confusions they might be having. Make sure they're getting lots and lots of outdoor time because it's a change of environment and that will help to that change of environment is going to change the field of vision and reset their busy agitated worried anxious you know upset distressed whatever it might be little brains and help them to get some reprieve and come down into those now moments of their body so get outside get physical get active get moving get playing build it up now continue it when school starts and beyond that point as well and again coming back to our older kids you know make sure that you mind them as well because just because they're 13 and 14 even 15 and at an age when they're wired to you know push us away from them and tell us you know we haven't a clue we don't know anything and they just want to go to their friends actually building and sustaining friendships has been a challenging process for lots of our kids who started secondary school during this pandemic period particularly if they started in a school when they didn't know many kids going there and they may not have gone with lots of their peers so be available that's the key I think be patient of course be patient be playful be available as much as you can if you have time off available to you in work even those half days that you can drop them to school in the morning do some work and be available in the afternoon when school finishes so that you're there to get outside and play so that you're there to be curious and interested not intrusive you know interested um, you know and curious does not mean interrogating them about their school day you know to be there to give them the snack and just wonder how it's gone even if that's to only share it in terms of what was the best bit of today and what bit would you like to change because I think that's going to let them know that we're available to them they're not alone and that they can bring that stuff to us if they want to I think though we should allow for some wobbles we should allow for some behavioral regression go back to that episode um, that I've aired before on here about behavioral regression to deepen our understanding and appreciation for that and look at ways that we can get through it I think there's a natural period when our children start school when if they're going to find it difficult they will find it difficult in those first four to six weeks and for most children they will then adjust and resettle but also be aware that resistance can take another form our children can initially go in and go well that was fantastic week one down I loved it great school has been a blast I'm done now I'm retiring you know they're like that was grand yeah until you say and you'll be going there every day for the next however many years and they realize oh no no I went to school last week I don't need to go anymore and they don't realize it's forever so you get that initial honeymoon phase of it's fantastic I'm so engaged in this and then we get resistance I don't want to go I'm tired because you know what it's a big change and it is tiring especially for the little ones because they've gone from a structured but very flexible play oriented environment of preschool 
and now they're expected to sit and task complete and manage transitions in their little days of going from outdoors to indoors back to outdoors back to indoors and manage their lunch and know that they should only eat a little bit of their food for the little break and save some of their food for the bigger break it will help our children if we can role play those bits out don't assume they know this is you know, this is your food for the day. Many of them will have that eaten in the five or 10 minute break in the morning and then be starving for the rest of the day before they get home. So be playful, you know, pack a little lunch at home and role play out or tell them you're going to wrap it in different colored wrapping or put a sticker on what's for the little break and what's for the bigger break. Do things that are going to help them master the tension rising experience that change and transition will bring with it. Equally for our older kids, making sure that, you know, when they initially get back to school, that we give them that downtime and that space to take a breath and to make sense of what's going on, that we don't bombard them with questions or we don't say, come on, straight in, you know, uniform off, homework done. Let's go, let's go. And we think that our structure, our routine is going to make life easier. But what they need is that flexibility of structure. They need us to be able to give them that space to have a snack, watch a bit of TV and just wind down a bit before they have to get back into it. I always feel for kids, no matter how old they are, when it comes to homework, because like who amongst us wants to work all day and then take work home with us? And yet that's essentially what we ask our children to do in homework. So try to be flexible. I really would promote for schools lots and lots of play, even prescribed play. If you're going to set homework, let it be play based. You know, tell them to get outside and play chasing for their homework. Tell them to read stories together as a family. Tell them to play card games or board games or jigsaws. Tell them to play. Tell them to get out in the environment and find, you know, a stone, find a leaf, find two different colors of grass or something like that, you know, that gets them outside, get them doing a bird practice for homework, especially our older ones. Tell them to stand outside for at least five minutes with their eyes closed and just count how many different sounds do they hear when they're out there. And because our minds will all wander when we're in those free floating states, it's no harm to say every time you hear a bird, say out loud, I hear a bird because it'll anchor you and bring you back into the now moment. But I think we have to be flexible and creative in how we um, expect our kids to adapt and hit the ground running. I would say, you know, let's instead of hit the ground running, let's ban that phrase and say, let's just get on the ground and take it one step at a time, one day at a time and be as physically, emotionally available as you can for those first couple of weeks and then anticipate some wobbles if the wobbles continue beyond Halloween midterm, that might be a sign that you would benefit from some external support or um, support from a professional. Talk to your school, see what they can provide you with in school, but also make arrangements to talk to a play therapist if they're very young, a child psychotherapist if they're young, an adolescent psychotherapist who can just give you that extra bit of support to get you guys through this. But bear in mind that back to school doesn't have to be an arduous task. It can be playful and it can be fun. Be flexible in how we approach it. And don't forget to check in with our kids. How are they feeling about this? And positively reframe it with what are you most looking forward to about going back to school? And is there anything that you're having an uh oh feeling about that I could help you with now so that we can anticipate 
what their struggle might be. I hope it goes really, really well. It's one that really resonates with me because I have a little person starting school this year and I think she's actually way more organized and prepared and ready for it than possibly I am. But I'm confident that we will get ourselves and each other through it together. Have fun with this as best you can and know that you're not alone, that this is a challenging, tricky time because it's one of change and we all find change challenging before we find it exciting and before we normalize it. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.